Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. Good morning. If I haven't met you before, my name is Ka, and I'm part of the team here at Highway. And I bring you greetings from Pastor Byron. Um, he's Pastor Byron to me Monday to Friday, but today he's dad. And um, he has had surgery this week and it's gone really well and he's in hospital recovering just from the surgery. But thank you for those that pray with our family and stand with us and uh, we really feel that support and love you all very, very much. But he'll be back on his feet soon. He thinks he'll be back in like a week, but bless his heart, it'll probably be a bit longer than that. But my husband and I were in Sydney recently and um, in the room we were staying in, they have those blockout curtains. Have you ever seen those blockout curtains? And it make it just so dark that you can actually sleep. And our body clock is unnaturally enforced by our four children normally. And so we were away celebrating our anniversary and we had these blockout curtains. And so all night you're sort of opening your eyes and you think, oh, still the middle of the night. This is awesome. I can go back to sleep. And about the 50th time that I'd opened my eyes, I thought, this is ridiculous. It cannot still be nighttime. This just is too good. And I sort of peer at the clock, and it's 9.30 in the morning. And uh, we'd paid for the breakfast deal at the hotel. And I'm like, Matt, we're going to miss the bacon, you know, whacking him. And so he stumbles over to the curtain and rips the block out curtains open. And it's like, oh, lets the light flood in and disturb the darkness that had caused us to oversleep and we made it just in time to get the last skerricks of toast and bacon. Here's a little fun fact just on the side for you. Did you know that if you serve on an AM team at Highway Ormo or Gilston that you get bacon, eggs, toast, free barista coffee, Joni cooks here, Michelle cooks at Gilston and it's delicious? Just thought I'd throw that in there just in case that means anything to anybody this morning. But I don't know what you came here expecting today. But I believe God's got good things cooked up for his people. I believe that God's got good things cooked up for all people. And it's already been purchased and it's been prepared on our behalf. And it's just there for those that are awake to come and enjoy And I believe it's his goodness and his faithfulness and his promises. And I believe it's freedom from things that have held us back. And it's there just to be enjoyed by those that are awake. And the best thing about God is there's always room at his table enough for everybody. And as a church, we've started hearing these words, awake, awake, go and occupy your future. And we've been reading these scriptures together in Ephesians 5. Let me read you verse Eight, for once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. Verse 9 says, For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Verse 14, For the light makes everything visible. This is why it is said, Awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Pastor Caleb spoke last week about awake and pray. And I'd love to take that as a foundation this morning and flow on from there if I can and encourage us today to awake his word. The word of God is so rich that although it's written on flat pieces of paper, it really is 
so deep with revelation and, and wisdom and truth and life. It's the only thing in my world that never changes and yet always brings something new. And I believe that if we're going to be a church that is aware of God, as Pastor Caleb spoke last week, aware of God, aware of how close he is, if we're going to be awake and occupying our future, then the word of God is a critical foundation for us and in our lives. Not just people who would hear it spoken of, not just people that would hear of the word, but people who would have it written upon their hearts, who are walking out the principles and allowing it to transform how we think and how we live. And so let's look at three things this morning about the Word of God. Are you ready? Number one, it renews the mind. Romans 12 verse 2 says this, Don't copy the behaviour and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by the way that you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Now, Maddie and I have been married for 15 years this year, and what a journey it has been. On night two of our marriage, you know how people say you're really not ready for marriage? This was true for me. Night two of our marriage, we're on our honeymoon and we're away. And it's the middle of the night and we're both fast asleep and I wake up with a terrible fright because I wake up to the sound of Matt choking. I mean, he is bent over like, I'm choking, I'm choking. I'm like, oh my gosh, like, what the heck are you choking on? What have you been doing, you know? And I woke up and he's like, help me, help me. So I bounce out of bed and I go and flick the switch and turn the light on and He's like, I've swallowed something. I've swallowed something. Get it out. Get it out. I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, what did you swallow? He said, I've swallowed a ruler. Like, wow, where did you get the ruler? Like, we're in a hotel room and it's not something they generally keep in the side tables. I certainly didn't pack him a ruler. And he's like, it doesn't matter where I got it. Just get it out. Like, oh my gosh, okay, so he's sitting on the bed and I'm like opening his mouth and I'm like, I've never done this before. I'm not good in emergency situations. I have too many stories of when an emergency situation's happened and I have panicked. So I've opened his mouth and I'm thinking, how far do I go? Like, and I, I had this thought and I thought, hang on, how big is the ruler? Like, is it little and you've swallowed it and it's down in your tummy and I'm not going down that far. And he's like, no, it's a 30 centimetre school ruler. And I'm like, what? How did you get a 30 centimetre? Just get it out, help me. So I'm opening his mouth and I'm thinking, there's no ruler in there. This guy's lost the plot. All I could think was, what the heck have I done? What have I signed up to? I'm not even sure. So I said, go to the bathroom and just start to drink water, you know. And the tap's running and I can almost hear him waking up, you know, like this presence of just sanity returning. And the tap's running and he comes out all sheepish like this and he just hops back into bed and goes back to sleep. And I'm like sweating, 
hyperventilating, like, you know, <laughs> stay two and I nearly lost him, like, this is hard work. And I would love to say that that was the end of the Smith Sleep Chronicles, but that was just the beginning. Over 15 years, he has swallowed and choked on an eraser. He has swallowed and choked on a little bit of charcoal wrapped in alfoil. He has, like Superman, breathed in his phone off the side table and swallowed his phone and expected me to get it out. I had these beautiful uh, side lamps on your, you know, your bedside tables that I got given as a wedding gift. And one night, with being the protector that he is, he laid there and opened his eyes and thought it was an intruder. And he laid there for the perfect moment and went smack and punched out my glass lamp, like shattered it. And I thought, no, that's not cool. These were a gift. I'm going to replace it. So I replace it. And then a week later, I wake up and he is leaping over me and he has tackled the other lamp to the ground, saving my life yet again, shattered it to many pieces. So now we have fairy lights because it's the only thing that is safe. Well, the one where I got in really big trouble because over 15 years, you lose a lot of sympathy. You know, at the beginning, you're like, I've got to help this person. And by the end, it's like, yep, you know, can you choke quietly? Um, 15 years, the one I got in big trouble was when he swallowed the computer icon. And I'm like, babe, it's not even a thing. Like, it, it's, it's flat on the screen. You can't even, it's not, it's not even possible. And he's like, the jagged pixel edges, <laughs> the jagged pixel edges are hurting. And I'm like, oh, man. So I've tried everything over the years, you know, water in the face, slapping across the back. Nothing seems to work. This time I thought, I'm going to mentally trick him and make him think I'm helping him. So I went and got chopsticks and I'm like, tap, 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 tap on his teeth just to try and trick his brain. Oh, he got so mad at me. And then he goes, I'm not asleep. This is real. And I'm like, okay, we've lost the plot. So when we said this season was awake, I'm like, awake? <laughs> I haven't had a decent sleep in 15 years. Like, when's the word of the Lord going to be, K.A., go to bed? Sounds amazing. But in all the craziness, I have actually learnt one thing. Do you want to know what that is? You only have to think you're choking to stop breathing. You only have to think that you're choking to stop breathing. Even as Pastor Dan said in communion this morning, sometimes what we think about ourselves is so far removed from what God thinks about us, and yet we live out of that place and let it suffocate the life out of us. Sometimes what we think about our God and His capabilities and His willingness to be at work within our lives is so far removed from His heart, and yet we live from that place and form belief and attitudes around that. Sometimes what we think about our situations and the things that we walk through or the things that happen to us or the things that don't happen for us is so lifeless and negative. And I think God wants to bring us in close and transform our thinking and transform our mind 
and remind us that he is so personal, that he is so loving, that he is so powerful, and he deeply, deeply desires to be at work within our lives. Because a sleepy church will panic about non-issues. A sleepy church will panic about non-issues. A sleepy church will operate out of confusion and not clarity. A sleepy church will expect others to rescue them when the key the whole time was a renewed mind. And it's time to wake up his word, let it transform how we think, which in turn will transform how we get to see and enjoy this journey. That kind of transformation occurs when Holy Spirit changes our thinking through constant meditation of the good news. A transformed mind is one that is saturated with the Word of God. And I am so grateful that we have this book filled with life-filled and purpose-filled words that I can speak out and retrain how I think in moments when I've gotten lost in my own head. Anytime I'm in a slump, I can just about guarantee I've partnered with wrong thinking. Somewhere along the line, I have partnered with wrong thinking and God's word is a tool that he gives us that we can use every single day to have truth written upon our heart, speak life out of our mouth and through the Holy Spirit and the grace that he gives, gain some wisdom and understanding and be transformed and made new. God's word will renew our mind. The second thing is it reveals the way. Psalm 119 verse 105 says this, Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. In Old Testament times, a lamp was like a clay little shallow cup or saucer and it was pinched on one side for the wick and it wasn't something that they went out and traveled with. This was something they used in caves and in rooms where not even the moon could illuminate the darkness. And I love the symbolism that this is something personal that we can use to help find our way in situations. In a time where for them the nighttime held many terrors and many fears, this represented safety and protection. And for Matt and I, we're not perfect at this at all, but we're so desperate to grow in this area of our lives, and that is using the Word of God to illuminate our next steps in life. When our eldest son was a newborn baby, he was, we got a phone call saying he had tested positive for a terminal illness. And we didn't, it was our first child, he was only like two weeks old, and as you can imagine, there was a lot of emotions that well up with that sort of thing and so we we prayed as a family and we prayed and we prayed and sometimes you don't really know what to pray exactly but my dad's best friend who's like an uncle to us rung us and said I've been reading the word and I've, I've got a scripture for you guys and he said do not believe every word that comes out of man's mouth so we went okay we've got something to hold on to here and we prayed into that and we prayed into that and our little baby had to go through lots of testing and, you know, I couldn't feed him and all those sorts of things. And two weeks later, we get a phone call from the hospital saying, we're so sorry, Mrs. Smith, there's been a clerical error. Your, your child was in the wrong pile and he never had the disease. 
Just last week, something came in our inbox that Matt and I have been hoping and wishing and praying that an opportunity like this would arise for us. And it was a contract and it needed our partnership, it needed our signature and there was, again, a lot of emotion. Is this right? Is this you, God? What is this? And we prayed and we prayed and we weren't really getting any clarity. We weren't sure. And we both agreed, let's ask for a word of the Lord. Let's ask for something clear that gives us and illuminates that next step for our lives. And I'm reading Ephesians, preparing for this very message. And there's one sentence that says, do not go into partnership with them. Full stop. I'm like, whoa, that's pretty clear. Now, we get it wrong. We're humans. We put things through our filters. We get lost in our own head, but I have to believe my God wants me to win. I don't think we're like rats in a maze and he just loves to see which ones make it out and which ones don't. I believe my God's got good things for my life. I believe that this life is a journey that he longs to lead us on and do with us out of relationship with us. It amazes me that I can read a scripture a hundred times and yet in the right season it actually means something to me. Have you ever had that? You're like, I have read that scripture so many times, but right now that actually matters to me. That actually means something to me. And there's so much of it that's a mystery. There's so much of it that's unexplained. But I don't really know who put this torch together. I don't know what factory it was put together in. I don't know how many people had a part to play in making it. I don't know who chose the word dolphin and what significance that has. I don't know the Greek root of ever ready. <laughs> I don't understand everything about it. It's, probably, it's man-made, so there's probably many in this room that do, but I don't. But it doesn't change its capabilities to light my path. I don't understand everything about it, how it was put together, why it was put together. I don't know how many boat rides it took to make it to Australia. But it hasn't taken its power away from lighting my path. My job is to pick it up, apply it, and follow where the light leads. That's all I've got to know. That's all I've got to know. Pastor Dan gave me this one because he was in charge of props. It's a headlamp. You can tell a boy designed this because they haven't thought through the hair. What do you think? But doesn't the word of God sometimes even seem ridiculous? Doesn't it? What do you mean, love my enemies? <laughs> That does not make sense. What do you mean have peace in the middle of a storm? That does not make sense to me. When everything natural does not make sense. Okay, Holy Spirit, reveal to me something in your truth that I can follow. I don't have to understand it all. I just have to pick it up, apply it, follow where it leads me. Jeremiah 33 says, call to me and I'll teach you unsearchable things. God may not dictate the very details of our lives, but he does give us spiritual principles for everyday decisions. Lastly, this morning, it helps me rehearse the why. Rehearsing the why will keep us awake. 
If you're feeling discouraged, if you're feeling like I cannot pray for that promise one more time, if you're feeling like too much time has passed, if you're feeling disengaged, if you're feeling like I go to church all the time and I'm not seeing any difference in my life, can I encourage you to get back to the original script and start rehearsing the why? Not why God did that happen to me, but God, why am I here? Because in 1 Peter, it says that you are God's chosen treasure, that you have been delivered out of darkness and been allowed to experience His marvellous light so that you would go to the world and broadcast to the world what you've seen and experienced. Why? Because there's people out there living in darkness that need to be led into the light. Why do I bother going to church? I've been going to church for years, day in and day out. Why do I bother? Why? Because in Hebrews 10, it says, don't give up worshipping together like some have done. Spur each other on. The scripture even says, get inventive about encouraging love and helping out and standing firm upon the promises of God. Why do we bother turning the lights on in the building and opening the doors to a building? Can I tell you why? Because a few weeks ago, a man skateboarded from Narang, saw the light on on top of a hill and said, I know that's a church and that's exactly what I need right now. That's why we open the doors and turn on the light. Why can I believe my God is good when rubbish stuff happens in my life? Because he promises that he put me together with care and love and purpose. And he didn't put me here with plans that are going to harm me. His word says that his plans are going to prosper me and give me an awesome life. He also says that even though things come against me, with him at my back and my side and my front and my shield and my protector, that those things in the end do not win. We've got to rehearse the why. Let's rehearse and wake up that we love today because we were first loved, that we have purpose today because we were made on purpose, that we have light within us. Why? Because there's people still in darkness that need to be led into the light. Let's wake up his word. Let it renew how we think. Apply it to our life. And through God's spirit, let it illuminate our steps. And let's use this script, the Word of God, as the lyrics to the song of our life that remind us why we're here and why this matters. Come on, let's pray. Father, I thank you for your Word. And even in our limited understanding, God, we can trust in you to light our path. Out of everything today, remind us that this word is living and breathing and you've given it to us as a personal tool to help find our way in situations but also to learn your will for our lives, to learn more about you and get to know about your heart and just how much you love all people. We honour you in this place today, Lord. Amen. Thanks, Pastor Dan.